Oh, I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Oh, God, I was hoping we were going to finish it. Amazing. Okay, call back later. Cool. Welcome to another episode of Bible Stories with me, Brianda, Brianda. And today we are closing out the book of Joshua. Oh, I'm so excited. I am so pumped, guys. All right, obviously joining me this week is the one, the only. Alex Media. Hey, Alex. Ole, 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 ole. Hey, is that Spanish? Because we also got Clara. Hey, Clara. <laughs> How you doing, baby? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm freaking pumped. I'm Beautiful. feeling lubed up. Beautiful. Today, as usual, thank but today, you. like... Thank you very much. If you don't already watch Bible stories on YouTube, please check out my outfit, okay? I'm wearing a tube top that is too big, <laughs> but it's got a butterfly on it, and I am feeling cute. <laughs> um, for the people that have been wondering where Wheezy is, because I've been getting some DMs like, mm. Yo, what's, where? I mean, like, we like we like the Spanish chick, we like Alex, but like, where's Wheezy? <laughs> Guys, I don't know if you follow Wheezy right now, but that girl is killing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like she just she just released that she's working with Kenya Barris, like a huge major Hollywood executive writer, creator of Grownish Brownish, like Weezy's got a full plate at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm more than happy to have these two amazing smart multifaceted uh, individuals to sit in for all that is. Wheezy. Thank you. Thank you. It's a whole lot of personality to fill. Those (laughs) shoes are pretty big to fill, but I think you guys are doing really well. Um, I want to dive right in because we've got a really hearty, meaty episode uh, this evening. Uh, As I said, I'm closing out Joshua. That means we're talking about like 20 chapters that we're going to fill into an hour. And I think we can do it. Just grab Mm -hmm. some snacks, guys. Pause (laughs) if you need to, because it's going to get dense. Um, but I just, we have time for one question and I think we should get into it. Um, let's dive into listener questions, listener questions, uh, that it's not the jingle. We will work on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. This was, Oh, someone asked me this and it just hit home personally. Um, the question was, is it okay for Christians to take antidepressants? Mm. Hmm. What? Are you about to say something? No, no. I'm curious about the answer. So the reason why the question even was posed for those who are, you know, non-believers of no faith, because anyone who was not a believer would be like, what the heck? What kind of question is that? The reason why they pose the question is because it is understood that those, and I'm only Christian, I can only speak from the Christian faith. However, I think it applies also to Islam. I I can't be too sure about that. Um, Is that when you're of faith, it is understood that God can heal any ailment. Hmm. Um, for for instance, like for instance, I'm on antidepressants now. Mm-hmm. I'm on Lexapro. <laughs> Love you, Lexi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and my mom and sister know this. And like the first thing they say is, "That's the enemy. That's hmm. the enemy telling you don't but need why that." Though? It, well, listen, is it what, helping an, you? Another thing. Well, my sister's like kind of in the middle. Hmm. So my so what my sister says is is God not enough? And also, and then there are other mm. things like there's in, in the new Testament, you know, we are to be of sober mind. Are we really of sober mind when we're suppressing certain things? There are, there are, there are other th- components. That's why I, I wanted to bring that into the mix when we're mm. dissecting this question. And then 
the opposite side, the people who are like totally gun ho, like absolutely you antidepressants are okay. Why would it why wouldn't it matter? I also don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that that's great either. I I feel like they're like much like anything, there's nuance to the conversation. Mm. And I want to discuss it with you guys. Like, I'll get into it a bit later, but I'm curious to hear you. Your father is a psychologist. Mother. Oh, your and mother. father is a biologist. A biologist. God, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All these doctors. <laughs> um, so your fa- your mother is a psychologist. You are yourself do not practice anything. Mm-mm. What's, what are you, what, what is your take on what on I've just said? Antidepressants. Um, so here's the thing for me on medication in general. I'm not a biggest fan of chemicals and like non-natural stuff, but I understand that it gets to a point sometimes where natural things is not going to do it anymore. Um, and you're from Europe. Yeah. Let's also say you're from Spain. Spain. What are the major differences between um, like public health in Europe oh. and men- and also men- mental health in yeah. Europe versus here in the States? So, well, health, everybody knows in Europe, especially in Spain, you have the free healthcare system where like government helps pay or like brings, mm-hmm. you know, mental health, however, it is included, but it's not a big thing in Spain. Like, I feel like we're a few years behind when it comes to that. It's getting better, but there's still a lot of people that either don't believe in it or is like, ah, really? Yeah. Like everyone that I know here either goes to therapy or has gone through therapy at some point of their lives. In Spain, they have this, again, not everybody, and this is changing, but the general thought of it is like, therapy is for crazy mm. people. You know, it's not like to help you. Oh, the stigma like, is still yeah, strong the over there. the stigma is still strong there. And like, none of my friends in Spain that I know of go or have gone to therapy. Like, ever. Well, yeah, none of my family members. And if they are, they don't talk about it. Like, that's something that's super taboo. You don't talk about it. And I actually, that's the one positive thing that I think could come, could have come up, come with social media, the advent mm-hmm. of social media. And like, uh, sometimes I think we push it a little too far, like mm-hmm. the conversation on uh, mental health, like we commodify now, uh, like any illness, like right now, everyone's like a, a doctor. Hmm. Oh, that person's got bipolar. Oh, that's yeah. why. It's like, hold on, hold on now. None of you guys know what the hell like, you're talking about. That's America too. Like you guys love to just, I don't know, like give a title to everything. Everything. And that's going to give you the excuse to consume on something. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Or, or like, <laughs> what, what the heck Hello? was that? Yeah. The AC just turned on, guys. <laughs> no, or like it excuses poor behavior. Oh, that true. Yeah. Like, oh, that's let true. me be a crap person. Oh, it's okay. It's because I, have, I, yeah. I have a split personality disorder. Like, mm. I, I find that especially among like in like YouTube culture and like YouTube drama, because I'm a huge like YouTube <laughs> kid. I feel like that's like the the number one thing. I almost feel like we really should leave the discussion around mental health to the professionals. Yeah. Um, now, to go back to the question. So, yeah, to go back to the question. Is it okay as a Christian to take antidepressants? Hmm. And I knew I was going to do this question, so I wanted to think about it a little, a little like, more thoroughly. I ultimately would say, yes, of course, but with anything, it doesn't even matter. You can remove the Christian part. Mm-hmm. It, this applies to anyone. I think that, there's a there's a way to handle things as delicate as uh, um, something as grave as like your health, 
in this case, mental health. Um, with the case to Christianity, which is a spiritual practice that I currently am, am, am in, I am a Christian, there are things involving the physical body mm -hmm. and the spiritual. I think that those that say, yes, absolutely, you should, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're very like, um, some guy on YouTube said like an unthinkable yes. Yeah. I find that they're so consumed with the physical that they disregard the spiritual, mm -hmm. which is not of our faith. Our spiritual is a integral part of our practice. I have a question though. What? I remember the first episode where we were talking about science and, and God mm -hmm. and, and you said that God created science. I sure believe, I believe he created the people that, who- So didn't he also create medicine like the like neo era medicine and the antidepressants himself absolutely yeah and and here's the thing faith is meant to heal you is mm. meant to i mean for us and i know it's trigger warning guys but it's meant to save you mm. from this life it's a me it's meant to give you a scaffold uh give you like a blueprint to like utter peace and fulfillment mm. it's meant to heal so medicine undoubtedly heals you. It's in hospitals, hospital, hospa, like hospit. Like if you like break down the Latin derivative of it, it's like to heal, mm -hmm. it's meant to heal you. So anything that is good in my, from my understanding, from my like Christian apologetics comes from God. Mm -hmm. So I have to, by that notion, also believe that God created these medicines. However, like anything else, if it's, There, I know a lot of people that take advantage of, yeah, easy jump. of these medicines and of these drugs. Like they automatically assume that, or it can be like an avalanche. Like, mm. oh, oh, I remedied my anxiety. You know what? I am kind of having trouble sleeping. Let me also take this Ambien mm. over here. Like, and then we start dabbling in all these other things. Then later we got five years and you're, you're dependent on these things. I, and again, wait, and I also want to say, guys, I am an actor. Don't listen to, like, don't take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, okay? <laughs> I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a mental health, like, professional. I'm just saying my opinion. And as someone who goes to therapy and goes to, I have a psychiatrist I see twice a month. Like, I know from my experience, I've been going to therapy since I was 16. Mm -hmm. Everything that I'm saying right now is just based on, like, anecdotal experience and just, it's pure conjecture. Take it as you will. Get through what I see. I was going to say, though, I think, like, we can both agree here because I'm not big on, men, on, on like taking meds. So I would say not a uno rotundo, like not a definite no, but just make sure you use it as a last resource. Like try through therapy or if you're a believer, try like praying or whatever. But if it's really not working and you need that little well, extra, but have a professional. Because that's the other thing with um, America because healthcare is not um, available to everybody. Yeah it's easy for people to jump onto auto-diagnose things and auto-decide what medicines yeah. to take. And that's dangerous too. And there are other modes, you know, like I, as someone who does experience like highs and bipolar, highs and severe lows, there are also certain things that I can do on my own to help like lessen the mania a bit, like working out, like mm. eating, like making sure I'm outside. I don't even gotta do anything outside, like making sure I'm outside for at least 
30 minutes a day, mm -hmm. like certain things that also aid into it. And again, I, I do have medicine and I am doing the, like the work mm -hmm. and there's a certain privilege to that. Cause other people don't have the certain privileges and to put a bow on this conversation there was, and I'm, I just thought of it right now. There was a conversation that a comedian Ari Shafir had on Rogan years ago. And I remember I was like 23, 24 when I heard about it. And there was a comic who had just committed suicide, uh, Brody Stevens. Mm. And you can, as you can assume, Rogan is someone who does not experience like depression. He doesn't have depression. Mm -hmm. He's someone who's very active, takes 12 different vitamins that I've never even heard of, all <laughs> the letters on the alphabet. Mm -hmm. Like, so he, he literally was just like, I can't understand, I can't fathom the idea of going to do it. He can't empathize. And anyone who's depressed does not feel that way. Like, if anything, when I hear about someone who did it, I think it got, it got him, you know? Mm. And there was something that Ari, the reason why he brought it up to Ari is because he knows that Ari has had suicidal rumination and things of that nature. Mm. And he's been very vocal on his own mental health experiences and challenges. And Ari said the, something that was so uh, poignant and simple. It was this analogy and it was like, when you're, when you suffer from depression, like mm -hmm. the chemical imbalance mm -hmm. of, that depression is, not like your spirit, not like your surroundings are making you feel sad for a minute because we're, we're people, we're supposed to feel things. We can feel sad some freaking times. We're not mm -hmm. supposed to feel happy all the time. That's not life. But like when there is an act, like an actual chemical imbalance, um, it's like a sprain. Hmm. Like, you know, you sprain your ankle, you know how you sprain your ankle? Mm -hmm. You would wrap that. You would wait till that got better. And then you can get back up and run and whatever. With mental health, with your mental, it's that same idea. It's a sprain. So, but because it's easier to mask, because it's not a physical, like my foot is you sprained, can't you can't also. see it. But it's that same idea of, no, I gotta wait till this sprain is a little stronger in order for me to feel um, uh, like mentally more like, I don't know, I don't, I, I'm at a loss for words stronger. right now mentally stronger or like sure maybe that maybe that's the word i have to think about it a little bit i just went off the cuff right now more like fit or prepared yes preparedness yeah. yes that's the word i mean you feel like they're you're more prepared to tackle life to go to your work to be an mm. husband a wife exactly mm. so when he said that i thought oh that's a perfect thing for people who don't understand for, the, for them to maybe maybe get it a little bit mm -hmm. and when it comes to christianity and your faith because i know how uh uh integral your the physical aspect and the spiritual aspect are one is not more important than the other if i'm not physically ready if i'm not sleeping if i'm not praying and my if i'm if i'm not healthy mm. my prayers take a hit and what happens that like a domino effect spiritually i'm depleted so if i'm not right physically how can i do the work spiritually so that's why with that answer i gotta say yes and no like I, I think it depends. It, it, it depends. And I don't think that anyone should be playing doctor. I think we should leave that to the people who know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And um, in the meantime, there are things that you can do. And, and as a Christian, and I'm, I mean, it, the trigger warning for people who are annoyed by people who do this, but I don't care. This is my faith and this is what I'm supposed to do. In my opinion, like, or not opinion, what I could urge someone to do is to seek Christ, like read just, or at least read the text 
Like read, read, and go to the therapist too. Of course, hey, <laughs> hey, now <laughs> someone who does it both. I mean, hello, it doesn't yeah. have to do both. I do it all. <laughs> I'm trying to live, baby, because I know that my life. I, I just feel it. There's some. I, I'm meant for to do bigger things, and I cannot let my physical impediments get in the way of that. Because my the way God sees me is someone who can achieve it. Who can whatever you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, and also, you said doing things that make you feel good helps you get out of that depression side. And you said, I think last episode, you said that when you pray, you feel like at home. Yeah. So that is going to help you because it's going to make you feel good. Like even me that I'm a non-believer, if that is something that makes you feel good and that's going to help pull you out of the depression, go pray. Heck yeah. And if we're going to secularize this, which I never do, uh, sometimes I do, but I don't like to do, Like meditate, things like meditation, hmm. that th this, any spiritual practice is like an intense, an intense guttural meditation. We just put a stamp on it. We put a name on it hmm. that is uh, informed by ancient text. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Meditation is just a neo new religion. If we're going to be on it. I mean, in my opinion, someone who has meditated before, like as a practice in my head, I'm like, oh. This is very spiritual. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I'm like, oh, okay. So it's all kind of in mm -hmm. the same realm, the same idea. The way I would put it is being well-rounded. So it's like you need to um, absorb things in your life, a little bit of everything, so you feel well-rounded and complete to deal with life in general. So it's like whether that's eating, right, sleeping, exercise, sunlight, meditation, spirituality, it's like you get a little bit of everything and you feel whole and complete. Mm -hmm. If you're lacking in one thing, it can start to affect other things. If you're lacking in sleep, you start to, your life's affected. You're eating bad. Your life's affected. You're not spiritual for some people. Mm -hmm. Your life's affected. So it's like, if you have a nice, well-balanced meal, mm -hmm. you can perform better in life. For Boom. sure. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great way to it. tie it in. And like I said, like I'm someone who does take some something and it's not something that i plan to take forever mm. i i'm using it during a certain window of time where i know that again i'm a christian god has provided me the opportunity to even have this i'm going to take advantage of it and i'm going to do it as responsibly as i possibly exactly. can as long as you don't bring it to the extreme and you're like responsible with it and obviously it's not forever yeah that's fine I had a DM that asked me, I guess this is another question, but she asked me like what music I'm into, what worship music I'm into. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you guys know this about me, but like music is like my first love. Music is my life. I write songs for fun. Like that's my hobby. I write songs the way people go to the gym. Like I write like a, two songs a week. How many talents do you have, girl? Mm -hmm. Girl, you know what? Like, <laughs> my back hurts. I'm so talented. <laughs> it honestly is a lot, um, but no one cares. That's why I'm <laughs> unknown. <laughs> but I love music. So the second she said that, I was like, the this stuff started firing in my brain. Like, oh, I got to make a playlist. And I commute, my love language is creating playlists for people. So I created a playlist for all of you Bible babes, all the Bible stories listeners. You can find it on Spotify. It's public. It's called uh, Brianda's High Tangy. And I got, I have uh, 30 songs on there that I mean, I'm not kidding you. It took me six hours to curate this. Wow. Like I went from 60 and I, I dwindled it. I dwindled it down. I, I took a lot of time on this. I think that 
if there's anyone who has a certain idea of what worship music is, this is going to completely disrupt that. It's going to completely shatter it. I have music for everybody and anybody. There's no rules to listening to it, listening to it but I will say, listen to the first song, mm. uh, Maverick City Music. Listen to that one I put first, and then after that, shuffle it. I've got rock, I've got R&B, I've got country, I've got gospel, I've got hip hop in there, I've got Caribbean fusion, I have pop, I love pop. It's like a whole mix of your personality. In there. Yeah. yeah, it's what I, it's actually what I listen to. Sometimes I like to go on what I call gospel walks. Mm -hmm. And especially when I'm not in a position, like sometimes I don't wanna go to the gym. Sometimes I don't wanna like, cause I know if I go to the gym, I go crazy. Like I gotta fucking like, <laughs> I don't know, something like happens to me where I like, turn into this like alpha, I don't Beast. know. Yeah, sometimes I, I just, sometimes I cannot go in there. <laughs> So I'll go on gospel walks. I'll walk like three to four miles, sometimes five miles. Okay. And I'll put this playlist on and another one. If you like this one, I'll update it and I'll make another playlist. But that answers that girl's thing. And I think this is going to do something for a lot of people. Hmm. Like, so Spotify, Brianda's High Tangy. And for those who don't have Spotify, DM me and I'll like get a way to give you the list so you guys can. I really hope you have my favorite gospel song on there. And I'm not even spiritual. Kirk Franklin, but Strong God? No. Oh, fuck. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, Come on. Something will made it without you. What song is? Uh, uh, play it. Play it. Play it. Do you know? I got to find it. We'll, oh, you don't know the name? We'll remix that and then we'll I'll bring it back. What is it? Oh, let me know. I could have sworn you it would have been a mic. I no, love it. No, but that's so you I've played that like loud <laughs> in the, the house beach. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like almost crying. Okay, yeah. <laughs> give me just give me the lyrics. Give me the lyrics. I never would have made it without, without you. you. I never would have made it without you. I don't know what uh what song that but listen Marvin I, Marvin Sapp never oh. would have made it. Yeah, that that's the, I got Marvin Sapp on here. Do I got Marvin? Oh, I mean he may have got the song the No, I don't, but I love me some oh I love I'm a, him. I'm gonna just like put it a little bit before we get canceled. One thing though. You yeah. Made it. Oh yes. Yeah, that's oh. the one right there, y'all. Oh my god. Also, you you felt ooh, the Holy Spirit has pulsed through your veins, sir. Well, I kind of replace it with my mom. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> we try, I tried, I tried. God just tap someone else in. <laughs> Bible stories with Clara. <laughs> no, you guys, like I got some like I got I got PJ Morton. I got Brittany Howard. I have Elevation Worship. I've got Lecrae, who's a dope ass rapper. Like I've got Lauren Daigle, Marvin Sapp, the best in me. One thing I have to say though, you said you had 60 songs and I dwindled to 30. 30. I always look for playlists that have a lot of songs. Um, as someone who does this professionally, <laughs> fake, fake professionally, <laughs> oh, teach me. I make I make playlists for everyone I love, like for ex boyfriends, for best friends, for whatever. Have Wait, you. for ex boyfriends or for like ex boyfriends, boyfriends when yeah. you are with them? They're exes now. But when you they did the were, playlist, you were. Together. Oh, yeah. I'm not oh. making them now. Girl. I'm like, what? <laughs> They'll fuck them. 
No, no, no. I, I, I used to like for whatever, for one years, for anniversaries, yeah, for birthdays, yeah. whatever. It's just like my language. Mm-hmm. I like, there's something that like, I stink with communication when it comes to people that I care about. It's so funny. Like I communicate now. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm pretty good at it for others. But when it comes to people that like I love intimately, I actually struggle with communication a lot. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the best way I can do it is through song. Like, I, I wrote this song for my mom this December. She found weed in my toiletries. <laughs> I know. God. That's actually the last time I smoked weed, believe it or not. Um, she threw it out. She flushed it. Oh. And when she found it, it was the day. It was Christmas Eve, the day before Christmas. Oh. And she Please. was so hurt. She cussed me out outside. My, we have a gym in my garage back home. And I was running. I was working out. And my mom comes out like a crazed Dominican woman barefoot in the snow, Massachusetts. <laughs> and she goes, Muchacha del diablo, y que diablo esto, muchacha coño, te voy a matar. Buena tecata. Like, she just like went crazy on me. And I like felt, she called me a fit, she told me all these nasty things that I know she didn't feel, but she, so was, she was so angry. hurt. And I didn't know how to deal with that. The only way I know how is by writing songs. And she knows, everyone in my family knows, like, that's what I do. And that day, I wasn't allowed to go to dinner. (laughs) But, like, while they were all, like, eaten, I was writing a song. And I wrote a song. And it's actually, like, one of my favorite songs ever. It's the only way I know how to process. It's like, you know, know, sweating is, like, hyperventilating, like, getting Mm -hmm. your body back to homeostasis. Like, for me, writing songs is, like, it's just fun. It's fun. I would never do it for real, for real. But, like, for me, it's... Did you get high for the inspiration? Girl, she flushed my weed down the toilet. (laughs) What? Weed was I smoking? (laughs) Like, no, I was completely sober and just like in in severe pain. So I was high off pain, I guess. That's like my mom, my relationship with my mom is so strong. She's like, I I feel like she's beyond my mom. She's my like, like, mi alma gemela. Mm, Like, how do you say that in English? Soulmate? Soulmate, yeah. Yeah, she's like my soulmate. So, Imagine like hurting someone that you love. That mm-hmm. kind of disappointment hurts worse than any kind of pain you could ever feel. Mm-hmm. And because I struggle with communication, that's how I. How do we even start talking about this? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but it's I beautiful. Know, it's like <laughs> I want to cry right now. It's so. Ah, don't cry. Dang. We got the atheist to cry. <laughs> she can feel something guys (laughs) anyways that's that's the end go check that playlist out it's a good time i think you guys will really like it Mm. and now we are going to dive into this week's episode the remainder of the book of joshua now let's start with where we left off the previous episode which by the way if you haven't listened to last week's episode Please do, because this is a continuation to last week's episode, Battle of Jericho. Mm -hmm. So where we left off, the new generation of Israelites were being led by Moses' secondhand man, the guy who he passed the torch to, Joshua, into the promised land, Canaan. Now, we also discussed how they took over and drove out the Canaans out of a land called Jericho. You know, remember the trumpets, the shouting, the circling the the border, the walls fell down, and then they burned Jericho down to a pulp, except for Rahab. The prostitute. Yes, the prostitute. We remember the prostitute. We do do remember (laughs) the prostitute. (laughs) And except for her and her family. Now, just to recap why why the... Israelites have been commanded by the Lord to do these things. As we understood, Canaan was a wicked land. Mm -hmm. 
in Canaan, they were worshiping other gods, but they worshiped other gods by sacrificing children and among other uh, uh, wicked deeds and other wicked actions. So not only was God providing them with the promised land that was uh, promised within their vow in the covenant beginning from Abraham in Genesis, but the Israelites were serving as uh, God's like judgment executioners. Mm -hmm. Like they were working for God in a sense because they not only had to inhabit the promised land, they had to drive out the Canaans as well. Exactly. <laughs> to the Canaans. Mm -hmm. Like I said last week, I'm not one to sanitize the Bible. That's not my job. I, 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 I want to read what it actually says, dissect it, understand the, the Hebrew in this case, because of the old Testament, not Aramaic, but like, I want to understand the language. I want to know as close as possible, what the original writers were trying to convey. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to do that by sanitizing the story. So yes, God said, we got to take them, got to take them fools out. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we recapped that, we also left off that God told Joshua to then tell the Israelites once they took over Jericho, Jericho was a rich land. They had gold, jewelry, fancy robes, Lamborghinis, Birkins, I already told you guys. Mm -hmm. sure. They were ordered to take these things and not keep them for themselves. They were to either burn them or offer them up to God mm -hmm. as like an offering, which in Deuteronomy and in Numbers, we discuss the importance of, of holy offerings. There we have it. But there was one man, one Israelite, who did not follow the rules. Achan. Hmm. And Achan stole a bunch of stuff and held them in secret. Didn't tell a soul. Yikes. Hmm. But let me dive into scripture so we have a little bit more uh, context. Scripture, Joshua, chapter seven, verse seven. The Lord had said that everything in Jericho belonged to him. But Achan from the Judah tribe, the most esteemable tribe, the tribe where Jesus comes from, Judah, the Judah tribe took some of the things from Jericho for himself. And so the Lord was angry with the Israelites because of them, because of them, they had disobeyed God. This was an act of disobedience, right? Don't be mad, but you know what that reminds me? What? You've seen the movie Aladdin? Aladdin, yes. You know when they go into the cave and the monkey steals the one stone that they were told not to touch anything? Yes! <laughs> and then the whole cave comes out. Aiken is the monkey! <laughs> it's the monkey from Aladdin. Exactly! <laughs> Very good! There, listen, I'm trying to attract all the atheists. If that's what we have to do, Aiken was the monkey in Aladdin, guys. <laughs> Anyways, so meanwhile, while this is all happening, Let's not forget, Joshua is coming off a win. He's feeling like LeBron right now. <laughs> like he's feeling overconfident. He just won Jericho. So you know what he says? He doesn't even consult God. He just sends spies over to the next neighboring land. Uh, I, the land is called I, it's spelled A-I. Some people say A-I, but I say I. A-I. I. I. That's, that's, it's just two letters of the land, the city. And uh, he sends over two spies to scope out the, the land because they're about to take over. Let's hop into scripture. 
So uh, scripture, Joshua chapter seven, verse three, the spies went back to Joshua and reported, you don't need to send the whole army to attack I. Two or 3,000 troops will be enough. Why bother the whole army for a town that small? Remember, these all these people are coming off a win. Oh, yeah, so they're yeah. like, <laughs> we got this. Yeah. We did you saw us with our trumpets? <laughs> we did it. We're fine. Let me tell you something. These Israelites got their asses handed to them because <laughs> they went in there and I came and squatted. They were strong. They were small, but they were mighty. Mm. Okay. Not only that, they killed some Israelites. <gasps> and when I tell you, there is like, I don't there's like six verses of Joshua after obviously they lost. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua was so depressed and disappointed and like, for the first time you see, well, this first of all, this is Joshua's first big mistake. Mm. He did not consult God on this. He did not know God's mood. Mm -hmm. He did not check the temperature over mm -hmm. there. He just went ahead and did it, did his own thing. Like I said, when we operate from pride, that's when we start tumbling. Yeah, it's a lesson to bring you down to it. Exactly. So Joshua was saying, you know, at this point, you know, when you doubt, like Moses had a ton of moments like this, he goes, it's your fault. You don't believe in us. You, you did this to us. Like, why, why'd you bring us over here anyways? We shouldn't have even crossed the Jordan. Like, now I just lost bodies. And God goes, uh-uh-uh-uh. What we're not gonna do here is point the finger, buddy. Hop into scripture. Scripture, chapter seven, verses 10 to 12. The Lord answered, stop lying there on the ground. Get up. I said, everything in Jericho belonged to me and had to be destroyed. But the Israelites have kept some of the things for themselves. They stole from me and hid what they took. They lied about it. What they stole was supposed to be destroyed and now Israel itself must be destroyed. I cannot help you anymore until you do exactly what I have said. What God is saying there in response to him is that y'all don't know this, but the reason why you guys lost AII is because someone disobeyed me Y'all thought y'all were slick. I'm going to show you who I really am now. Hmm. And of course they didn't know that, but he would have known had he consulted God. Mm -hmm. Had Joshua consulted God, he would not be in this predicament. So, oh, I wanted to say like, at this time, Achan is going to suffer the consequences as an individual. Like this was his sin mm -hmm. and he is going to pay up. However, at this time and throughout the duration of Joshua and Judges and like moving forward, the, the common thread is if one man falls, just because that person is going to be held accountable for it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect the whole. And hi, hi Tangi. It reminds me of like, do you have siblings? Yes. Okay. How many siblings? One sister. Okay. I, I have, I grew up with one sister, but I have four other sisters and it reminds me of when like you're with your siblings and you're with your parents and like you're in the back of the car and like you're you're acting up mm. and one kid like throws a McDonald's drink out the window and that's it. Your parents like, that is it. You guys are all not going to Disney World next yeah. year. Like it's like because you messed up, the whole thing is ruined mm -hmm. for everybody. That reminds me of like what God was doing in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I remember thinking in that in that when I was reading that, I was like, what exactly did Achan take? Because in the Bible, and I haven't, just because I haven't discussed it doesn't mean I haven't read it. There are a lot of things that fall through the, the cracks because this is a lot of content for an hour show. Mm -hmm. But automatically I'm like, what exactly did Achan take? Because this is, is this not, is this not more than just theft? 
because of the way God is reacting automatically through his, through his dialogue, mm-hmm. Yahweh, which is the name of God. God has a name. You have a name, Clara. I have a name, Brianna. He has a name, Alex. God has a name. His name is Yahweh. And also Elroy. He has other names. He is having a visceral experience in its anger. Mm. And it's not, it's unlike anything else before when it's just theft. This is more than theft. And some of my um, favorite theologians say this was spiritual adultery. Mm. Ooh. Put a pin in that. So at this point, God says, there's only one way to rectify this. And it's by getting to the bottom of this. So the Bible turns into Scooby-Doo, okay? <laughs> this is a great part of the Bible. If you guys want to read it, like read chapter seven to eight. It is so entertaining. Like, come on, read it. Just pick up the book. You know what I'm saying? Anywho, God says, you are to congregate all the tribes and I'm going to let you know who was the person that stole the stuff and kept it a secret and didn't say anything and lied as though he was fine. Like a fake, a phony. Oh, <laughs> fake ass people in this industry. Oh, anyways. <laughs> God, I love it. Listen, I love that God it keeps it real. He keeps the same energy. Even if you don't like it, he'll keep the same energy and I respect it. I respect that. So God tells him, line them up and I'm gonna let you know what happens. Let's hop into scripture. Scripture, Joshua 7, uh, verses 19 and 19. Achan, Joshua said, the Lord God of Israel has decided that you are guilty. Is this true? Tell me what you did and don't try to hide anything. So at this point, God already pointed, when they lined them all up, God told, like, told Joshua, is this one? Hmm. Exactly. Is this guy from the tribe of Judah? And then from Judah, they go into like families and then they call them out. And then Achan responds, verse 20 of the same chapter. It's true, Achan answered. I sinned and disobeyed the Lord of God of Israel. While we were in Jericho, I saw a beautiful Babylonian robe, 200 pieces of silver and a gold bar that weighed the same as 50 pieces of gold. I want them I wanted them for myself, so I took them. I dug a hole under my tent and hid the silver, the gold and the robe. He admitted to it. So then, so then Joshua gets a bunch of his like leading guys to go to his tent and collected them all. He collected every single bit of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how else to say this to you. He took enough stuff that was the equivalent of, and this is someone from another podcast, the Bible recap, you guys should listen to it. It's incredible. But they say that the equivalent of uh, uh, a rich person's earnings in a year of things in one day. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's tempting. Not gonna lie. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but... Like, <laughs> Do you trust God or not? Because mm. if God threatens you, he's also going to... True. Well, the so, last one got la lepra, no? The last one exactly. That was in Moses' time, yeah. but, but this time it's even worse. Mm. So eh, God says we're going to have to punish him. And well, guys, they stone him. They stone mm. him to death publicly. Oh my God. Yeah. Not only that, now it gets worse. They stone his entire family. <gasps> oh. I know. Ooh. It's bad. Now, listen, in the book of Deuteronomy, it said there were to be, to be no harm to children or whatever. And even though it doesn't, even though it doesn't say that there were children there, you could assume that there could be children. Mm. That's how we know that this crime had to have been more than just theft. Mm. Like, in order for God to even do that, why the family though? How are they guilty? 
be, well, I can, I, this is a great, oh, I love that you're asking this. <laughs> so one can assume that maybe they hid the lie. Maybe they also lied oh, to others. to protect him. Exactly. Him. Like mm. maybe the wife, the wife started wearing like a little thing here or whatever. And someone asked like, where'd you get that? Maybe mm. she was like, oh, you know, like my husband like earned it like last year or something. Like mm. that's a lie. So that is also a sin. You're now like complicit. Mm-hmm. in this I mean and by the way this is not in the Bible this is you and I having like a theological yeah, discussion yeah. breaking down the text r- dissecting it actively which is really cool mm. hello that's <laughs> what I'm talking about cheers Al <laughs> um, so but that's a very good question and that's what that's what can be assumed but listen I read that and I went God is serious mm-hmm. and anyone who reads that you know now like we already know that the Old Testament God was a God that meant business and was out for blood sometimes. So that for sure was a point in the, in the text where I, it sent chills down my spine. Mm. So before we move on from this, I wanted to, I thought that this was a good opportunity to discuss the differences between Rahab and Achan. Mm. So here we have Achan. Like I said before, Achan was from the tribe of Judah. Judah was arguably the most, the largest tribe the, the tribe that was like, they were like the Ivy League. Like they were like the up the upper echelon of tribes was Judah. Hmm. This is someone who automatically off blood alone, off bloodline alone was up there. God still axed him. God doesn't care about your race. God doesn't care about your creed. God doesn't care about any of that. He doesn't hold legions to us. We hold legions to him. And here we have a pagan prostitute ho who was not hebrew at all and he protected like his own what's the difference between both of them one had faith in god trusting god and the other one didn't it kind of reminds me of when people hide behind like i go to church like i'm like da, 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 like I'm, I'm 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 good like no it doesn't matter i know so many more altruistic generous kind-hearted people who don't are not believers. Yeah. Hey man, listen, I've got to tell you, I do. I know so many altruistic atheist people mm-hmm. and I will say, I do know also altruistic Christians. Hello. Duh. But I also know Christians that claim to be of Christ and try and mirror him as our older brother um, and do the opposite. You know what I'm saying? You can't hide behind the text for too long mm-hmm. because Faith is something that exists within you and it lives within you. And if, you're, if your heart is not aligned with God's, forget about it. There, you're, you're not going to be able to receive the text. You're going into church like a dead weight, like a dead body, if there is no faith. You got to have faith. Mm-hmm. And that is something that, I don't want to even say like it can't be taught. I feel like it can be, it can be taught, but it can be bred. So anyways, I just find that that distinction between Achan and Rahab was something that popped up in my brain. That's interesting that you said. Yeah. So to speed this up, after this, God is now happy. God is now like, all right, God, we've neutralized the grounds, you know, (laughs) tit for tat, you know, (laughs) yin and yang, we we got this now. So God goes, all right, but now you can go back into the land of I and take it over. And I promise you that this time you will be victorious. Mm -hmm. And exactly that happens. Joshua rounds up his troops, sends them over. With God's help, they win. Because we always need God in order for us to be victorious because the only reason why we're victorious is because of God's good grace. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, y'all, here's the thing. And this is what I'm like, 
okay, God, you're petty. <laughs> because <laughs> then God tells them, this time, whatever treasures you guys acquire, y'all can keep. Y'all. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> if, <laughs> listen, if only Akin had waited. <laughs> but for me, it's kind of like, he, it's really like he's like, really like nailing it, like, listen to me. It's, do what? you think what? that had Canaan not stole, God would have said afterwards, now you can take it? Maybe not. We don't know. You're right. Maybe not. So maybe he just blessed the whole community. By you know what? Maybe. You're you're not wrong. Like, maybe this was like a thank you or maybe this was a... Or a lesson keep, for the rest. Like, if you follow, no? Or, or have faith. If you follow what I'm saying... Maybe you will also have the extra stuff too, maybe. But who knows? Like I said, God doesn't have to give us anything. I've, I keep on like um, trying to, to, to convey that. And I know it's an unusual thing to say, but I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna speak to you, but I'm also speaking to you, the people. Christians fundamentally understand that God owes us nothing. God owes us nothing. Hmm. We deserve death. We deserve, and listen, and I know that this is going to sound it, 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 on the wrong, in the wrong ears. That sounds crazy. That sounds wild. But I need you to understand that philosophically, spiritually, the only way my words can, uh, um, uh, the only way that my words can convey what we feel as, as believers is that we do not deserve. We don't. So when God does show us acts of, yeah, you guys can keep that. It's more, it's mercy. Like. He's having mercy on all of us. This is a depiction of God. Maybe it's encouragement because he knows it. Either way, it's a part of God's greater plan. Mm. Has nothing to do with us. Has nothing about you being good. You better get that out of your head because then when you don't have it, you're going to be clinically depressed. So like get it out of your brain. You know what I'm saying? Just the only thing we know is trust in God, believe in God, period. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's but and I and I remember I remember as a as a non-believer hearing that and being like, and I get it, I know it, I know it. I'm telling you, and in my insights, I understand how that concept is so difficult to come or not difficult, just like why would anyone believe that? That God isn't mm. not necessarily why would anyone okay, believe then. that. I just feel like it's a very sad approach to feel like okay. it's like very like whatever. Do you know like I don't deserve anything? No, like I feel like, but we understand that anything that God bestows upon us was given to us by him. And so because he sees us as worthy, I now will receive it humbly. It makes you so humbled by anything and everything. Yeah, it keeps you from being arrogant about anything. It keeps you from thinking that, yeah, yeah, I earned all that. Like, but you can know your value of without being arrogant. Of course. And in my, in my religion, Knowing that value through God is the only way to mitigate your pride seeping in and clouding your mm. judgment. Because like I said, things like that are kind of like a, a cancer. If you feel it in one domain of your life, it ends up uh, pouring out into other domains. Like maybe I'm, imagine I'm a boss or something, like mm. a, a CEO or something. And if I didn't like... Oh God, when I am a CEO, mm -hmm. I'm going to be so glad that I'm a Christian CEO because I, I have checks and balances in place for myself. Because I know when I'm a pop-in CEO or whatever, and I got the numbers going up, whatever, I, because I know that humans are sinners and we, we have these intrinsic needs to like claim wins, mm -hmm. I may be like, this is all because of me. 
I get this because I might, the hours I put in, I'm disciplined. I'm different. I'm different than anybody, than everyone. I did this because I earned, like, if I get too caught up in that, I pour that pride because I said, like, that's like kind of like a cancer. It pours out until maybe when I'm a mom, maybe I, the way I, I discipline my children becomes a little bit heavy handed. Mm. Maybe I'm a, a really selfish lover. My husband, I'm mm. not, I'm not being as, um, Maybe I'm not being as feminine or something. I don't know. Whatever have you. That could, mm-hmm. the, whatever the result is, this is all theory, uh, hypothetical. Mm-hmm. I am single and I have no kids. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is it, that, that the, 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 having a spiritual system, it's like a, it's like a blueprint. Like it keeps, it keeps your natural human body, meat body, um, like desires at bay. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. We'll see what I do with that. But that was a good question. And now, guys, the other lands outside of the promised land start hearing about Joshua and the Israelites, the God of the Israelites, uh, defeating all the people in Canaan. In Canaan, They all start to get kind of nervous. They're all like, are they going to come for us too? Because at this point, they don't know. They don't know what's going on. They're literally like, they just know that they're catching bodies <laughs> and they could be also done, done too. So there is a land uh, uh, known as Gibeon who actually, remember when I said, uh, I believe it's in Numbers when Moses won a bunch of battles too. Hmm. They also won a, won a battle with the Gibeonites and they, un, they came into an agreement with, with Moses. But even regardless, regardless of that, I mean, they were still nervous about what their future uh, looked like. So, get this. The Gibeonites lie to the Israelites, Joshua, and say they're actually from a way far land that they're like, wait, first of all, Gibeon is not that far from where they are. But they lie. They like dress up differently. Like they put mad dirt. They actually like have money too or whatever. They like put dust in their stuff. They make themselves look dirty and stuff. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're from another land that's right over here. Like, please, um let us work with you. Like we, we promise it will work together. Like it'll be good. Like we're not from that. We're not from the, we're not Gibeonites. We're mm-hmm. somewhere else. Like we're not, you know? And it wasn't until later that they find out like the, the Gibeonites and the major leaders in, uh, of Israelites, not Joshua, Joshua wasn't involved, but they make a treaty, like a, like a pact mm. saying, all right, we're not going to kill you. We're not going to kill your people. We're not going to, but you guys have to work for us. At this, at the end of the day, you guys have to work for us. That's the only way we're going to let you off scot free. As slaves, because back in that time, uh, no, usually- no, 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 not slaves, mm. because that's against the the like the the Moses law oh. in that sense. Okay. But no, more like you will work for us. Mm-hmm. Like if we need something done, you're going to work for us. Like at, the, at whatever cost, but we'll pay you. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to be paid, whereas slaves aren't paid for their time. That's yeah, yeah. what slavery is. Um, um, anywho, so. The Israelites make a pact with them, bet. All of a sudden, other lands outside of the Gibeonites see that the Gibeonites are working for them. And they're like, oh my God, they're slaves. Oh my God, they're like, they start thinking like, oh my God, are they working for the Israelites? This is other lands, the Amorites, which is a whole nother territory. So this king, ah, don't even make me pronounce the name, okay? I've drank a couple Trulies today, okay? (laughs) But- he, um, he, he calls all the other kings, the other Amorites, and they're like, you guys, 
We just got word that the Gibeonites are working for the Israelites. They're about to take us all over. <laughs> We're done for. We got to kill them now <gasps> because we are not about to work for them. So now that we know that the like the other five king like other five kings in Amorite temp- territory want to want to like take over the Gibeonites. They want to take over the Gibeonites to like have a message for the Israelites like, "Ha, you can't take them. You can't take any of us." News gets to the Gibeonites that the other surrounding lands are about to kill the Gibeonites. And because the Gibeonites have that, that treaty with the Israelites, they go, all right, we need your help. They're about to kill us, okay? <laughs> Let's hop to scripture, Joshua chapter 10, verses five to six. When these five Amorite kings called their armies together and attacked Gibeon, the Gibeonites sent a message to the Israelite camp. Joshua, please come and rescue us. The Amorite king from the hill country have joined together and are attacking us. We we are your servants, so don't let us down. Please hurry. So Joshua, because they have that treaty, they got that pact, Joshua's a man of his word. And also, he can't have them like, they're like trying to, they're trying to like make them scared. And Joshua's protected by the Lord, okay? But the Lord obviously tells him, no, we gotta, you can protect the Gibeonites. You can. The Lord allows that. Joshua puts his war paint on and gets to work. <laughs> like in a real way. Like these chapters are insane. I'm talking about they are slaying bodies left and right. Like they, they prepare for war. And oh, this God. isn't just one land. Joshua is bodying five different lands, yo. Like this is intense. Um, let's uh, go to scripture. Uh, chapter 10, verse 10. The Lord made the enemy panic and the Israelites started killing them right and left. They chased the Amorite troops out the road to Beth Horon, Beth Horon, and kept on killing them until they reached the towns of uh, Azeka and Maz, Masteka, Matika, Machucalo, Machucalo, Machucalo. <laughs> Sorry, guys, my English. My English is not very good looking. Okay. Azeka and Makeda. Uh, and while the troops were going down through Beth Horon Pass, the Lord made huge hailstones fall on them all the way to Azekah. More of the enemy soldiers died from the hail than from Israelite weapons. And I'm about to tell you guys the biggest God flex during this time. Because like I said, this battle was like no other. All right. Joshua asks God in a prayer. During this time, their bodies flying, limbs in the air. Joshua probably has blood all over his face. He gets on the ground and he prays. And he goes, God, right now, I'm going to need you to make the sun stand still. (gasps) (laughs) Children. God makes the sun stand still, which means he makes the sun, like there's no nighttime. All Joshua asked for was more light so he can continue bodying these people. Like, uh, and in this, we've seen God part the Red Sea. We've seen God make bread out of rocks. We've seen God do crazy miracles, stop the Jordan River. Like, but we are now intergalactic, <laughs> like, <laughs> like interplanetary. Like this is God, like, it sounds like mythical almost like God stopped the sun for, for him. Like you would think that Joshua would pray to win, pray for a victory, hmm. pray for, let pray for a victory. No, Josh just asks for more light so that he can continue serving him. 
that sends chills down my spine, girl. <laughs> but I want to go to, to, to scripture to discuss the sun standing still. Joshua chapter 12, verse 13, uh, 12 to 13. He says it in like a poem almost. Our Lord, make the sun stop in the sky for Gibeon and the moon stand still over Ajalon, <laughs> over Ajalon Valley. So the sun and the moon stopped and stood still until Israel defeated its enemies. The sun stood still and didn't go down for about a whole day. Never before and never since has the Lord done anything like that for someone who prayed. The Lord was really fighting for Israel. Hmm. And by him doing that, Joshua and the Israelites body every single one of them. Boom. They win. It's just like, but because God was in there, God, God is the person at the front always in all of our battles in life. God is in the front doing the heavy lifting for us. We just got to listen to him. Tell us where do you, where do you want us to go? Tell me where you want me to go. <gasps> Teach me how to love you. Teach me how to trust you. Anywho. Um, so it's at this point, it's now been 40 years, right? They, we, we, they have mad land that they won. With that alone, they covered like six or seven, mm -hmm. like now, but now, but there's still more to go, you know? But at this point, we now need to start dividing the land. We now have like enough territory to start uh, appointing certain tribes to different areas of Israel. And, ooh, maybe I'll do this. Um, for those who are visual learners or visual, like, I, like I'm a very visual person, especially when it comes to like any kind of biblical text, um, th there's, I'm going to put a link in the description box of this video. And it's going to be a link of how the, how Canaan, the promised land was divided by the tribes. Um, I think it's just, it's important for you guys to see the names of the tribes and also location. You'll also see like the outside, the outskirts, the Transjordan tribes, which in the book of uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy, remember the Transjordan tribes? Those were the tribes that decided to camp outside the promised mm -hmm. land. Moses said it was okay for them to do. That's two and a half tribes. You can also see them too. Um, and the Israelites have taken over a lot of land. Um, from chapters 15 to 17, it's a bunch of specific information of what tribes are going to get what. And uh, at this point now, remember Caleb? Caleb? Caleb was one of the two spies with Moses. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was Caleb and Joshua mm -hmm. who came back and they were like, no, we can do this. There are only two of them. Yeah. Caleb uh, is from the biggest tribe, Judah. He's also from the biggest tribe. Judah was one of the biggest tribes, meaning they encompassed the part of like the biggest territory of Canaan. Because it was the biggest, there were a lot of little pockets where there were still Canaanites. Like, it was going to take a lot to drive these people mm -hmm. away. Especially in this one particular spot. And Caleb was aware of it. These were where the, the giant people we were talking about. Okay, yeah. Like the, the Nephilim, like the giant fallen people. And Caleb says, all right, listen, guys. We got this little chunk of land in our territory if any of y'all, he's talking to his, his people, his tribe. If any of y'all can drive out these Canaanites, take them out. One of y'all lucky bachelors can marry my daughter. Who? I know, right? Like, 
hot. <laughs> like, that is so hot. Like, if I was like, imagine if like I was the prize. Because <laughs> you know that dude is strong. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if I was if I was his daughter, I'd be like, Daddy, why'd you do that? <laughs> I hope he's not ugly. <laughs> Anyways, so actually one of his cousins ends up winning it. His name is all Othneo. He ends up winning and she ends up marrying his cousin and uh Look at your face. It's Isn't a, that uh, a luterio or however you call it? No, not no. Um, you have to understand. Back in this time, that was uh, that was the practice. It was no. like you weren't allowed to intermarry between Canaanites and Israelites, like believers of God. You weren't to be with anyone who did not worship God. Mm. That was worse than you marrying your cousin. Okay. And I said, "Tiempo todo el mundo hacía eso." Like that's that's how the beginning of man. Like even Abraham and Sarah were related. <laughs> that, that, that makes me laugh sometimes because <laughs> they were they were they were siblings <laughs> but it's the bible okay it's not gonna be pretty but it's just the truth <laughs> anywho so um but even though a lot of judas tribe won over their territories there were some parts that they couldn't drive away all the canaanites um and i thought that this was kind of uh, a good point to pause a little bit because the uh the Lord was actually upset with the people on the outskirts, mm -hmm. the Transjordan Israelites, the Transjordan tribes, because they were living among the, the Canaanites. There were some Canaanites there. They didn't mm -hmm. even try to drive them away. However, when it came to Judah and that tribe, God wasn't upset with them because they tried to drive them away. And sometimes when they try, it would be unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I, I i mean, it was very confusing. If you're confused, I'm confused too. Like, so it, it almost makes me feel like, okay, so sometimes God affords grace and sometimes he doesn't. And at the end of the day, it's like, sometimes the art, the answers that we get from God, aren't, we're not going to like. It's, it, it's not meant for us to like them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, that's the point. Like, if we're going to read this actively, it's like, why does God allow some of the tribes to... So why is it okay for some tribes to not drive out Canaanites and some tribes, no, it doesn't make sense. It confuses me, but maybe I shouldn't be so hell bent on trying to find the answers from God and just try and find God. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yo, sometimes, is that the trulies? <laughs> sometimes I just be saying stuff. I got to get paid. <laughs> but yeah, I just remember thinking like, Sometimes the answers, we're not going to like them. And this is one of those cases. I remember in the book, I was like, the whole, what? Mm. Anywho. Oh, I wanted to mention this uh, before. Um, there's, a, there's a quote that, again, I heard from one of my favorite Bible podcasts called the Bible Recap Podcast. It's incredible. If you guys, please, like, go to her. If Anytime I'm confused, I go to this podcast. Uh, what's this girl's name? Like some white girl, like Tracy, Beth, Heather, shit. Sorry. Oh, Tara Lee Cobble. <laughs> That's her name. She's incredible. She's a Bible teacher and she's, she's helped me understand the text in such a, like a, like I was, I needed rudimentary learning. I needed like baby information and she provided that for me. And then she provided extra information, like what I'm about to say. When it came to like Sometimes God's not going to give you the answers that you like or completely understand. She quoted another Christian apologist. His name is Tim Keller. And he said, if your God never disagrees with you, 
you may be worshiping an idealized version of yourself. And I was like, yo, I may be worshiping an idealized version of myself. <laughs> but like in the past, you know what I'm saying? Like relying so much of my like beliefs on myself, on tarot, on, you know, you already know how I feel about astrology, but like mm. we may be worshiping an idealized version of ourselves. Where are we getting this information from? And who are we believing? Like what's their ancient source? What's their source? Anywho, I thought that was an interesting, um, an interesting quote. And towards the end of Joshua, we see where the remaining lands get like get placed. It, um, it's kind of like, you know, with military families, where you always hear about these military families being, they're, they're waiting to know where they're stationed. Hmm. It kind of reminds me of that, like, where are we going? We're we going to Hawaii? Are we going to Bhutan? Are we going to Singapore? Like, where are we going? It's kind of like, that's where they're waiting. And uh, you know what God tells Joshua? He tells Joshua, you, my friend, get to go anywhere you want. Ooh. Uh the fuck? Yes, he better. Like, this man has done so much for us. He better pick wherever the heck he wants to go. Like, I'm happy that comes with one of his benefits of leading a whole race into the promised land so successfully. And he ends up picking this place, uh, the tribe. He's from the tribe of Ephraim. It's a land where Ephraim is, but it's super remote. It's like the sticks, super isolated. Oh, I get it. Like, if you're an introvert, I'm an introvert too. Like, yeah, give me away. Like, I don't want to see people. <laughs> and mind you, at this point, Joshua's old. Uh, like, Joshua has to be pushing like 100, 105. He ends up dying at 110. But at this point, I think this man just wants to retire. He wants to retire. <laughs> he please, go easy on him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And actually now this uh, is a nice transition to Joshua's death. Joshua, at the time of his like last days, he knows he's about to die. And he calls the leaders of the other tribes to tell them, like, hey, I'm about to, I'm about to go soon. So let's start preparing ourselves, right? Dur during uh Joshua's death, he does the same thing that casi igual, like almost the same as Moses, where Moses gave them a long spiel about the warnings. Like, if you point blank. If you stray from God's words, his what his what his mission is, if you go against his law, you're done. That's the fall. If one person falls, we all fall. He uh, he says, if they ever fail to honor God, they have broken the covenant, right? Mm -hmm. And like Moses did, he runs a history lesson. He that, that's how you know when a lot of these prophets and a lot of these like important people are about to die. They it's give you moments to remember. Yes, let's have a little refresher. Mm -hmm. They're like the most. They're like the most important kinds of tutors, right? And he tells the story. It's a. It's long, guys. If you're reading the Bible, it's long, but it's important, I guess. No, it is important. But he tells the history between Terah, who's Abraham's father, from Terah till then, and he breaks down every single like genealogy. Like he breaks it down for them, just so they know, just so this new generation and their children hear it coming from his mouth. Right. Um, let's uh, go down to scripture. But before we don't go down to scripture, I wanted to also say to keep it simple because it's a long text and I want to give you guys a summation. God says one of two things can happen. Hmm. Either you worship God or you worship other gods, period. There's no in between. Wait, 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 wait. What? Either you worship God or you worship other, other gods? Other gods, yes. What? I thought he was the only one. 
He is the only one. So what other gods? But when people, when other people worship gold, golden oh, calf, things, oh, that okay. they, they worship them like a god. Okay, okay, okay. So if you worship, you either worship God or you worship other gods, okay. which are false idols. Mm -hmm. Idols. The, the, no, no in between. Let me keep it simple for you. You're either of this kin or this one. Mm -hmm. Pick your poison. It's kind of like, you know, when you're about to die, let's sum this up. Let's speed <laughs> it up. Scripture, uh, chapter 24, verse 14. But if you don't want to worship the Lord, then choose right now. Ooh. Will you worship the same idols your ancestors did? Or since you're living on land that once belonged to the Amorites, maybe you'll worship their gods. I won't. That's what Joshua says. Wow. That's like a mic drop moment, right? <laughs> and then, the, then the, they're like, no, 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 we swear, Joshua, we got you. We're never gonna worship any other gods. Yeah. Stay tuned for future episodes, guys, because that's the, <laughs> it's a common theme. We fall. <laughs> um, anywho, and then uh, I just wanted to, I wasn't gonna put this in, but because it's in Joshua, I wanted to say, you guys weren't here for our Genesis episodes. Mm. So this may be news to you guys if you guys, if you guys don't watch the show. But in Genesis 50, we, Joseph is one of the tribes. Joseph is one of the sons of Jacob. There are 12 tribes. I'm explaining it to Clara because I want her to really fully understand. The tribes that we're discussing, the 12 tribes of Israel, mm -hmm. are the named after the 12 sons of Jacob. Oh, okay. That's why there's like Judah, uh, Gad, Dan, Ephraim, like it's 12, like the, okay. na the names, that's where they comes from. And the end of Genesis, before they, you know, you, you followed that the Israelites were rescued from Egypt, from slavery mm -hmm. in Egypt. Well, when they were in Egypt, before they were slaves, they lived among the Egyptians in a very copacetic way. Mm -hmm. And you want to know why? Because of Joseph. Joseph ended up living and dying in Egypt. He ended up being like a huge road dog MVP for the, like he saved them from a famine. Like he, before the Israelites were slaves, Joseph was popping. Joseph worked with the Pharaoh in Egypt before the new Pharaoh messed things up. Hmm. But you know what in Genesis 50, it leaves us with? It says that when Joseph died, they, they weren't, God wanted them to take his bones. Joseph's bones were not going to be buried in Egypt. They were going to be buried in Canaan. So it's so great that at the end of Joshua, that story comes full circle. Mm -hmm. And that was at the end of Genesis. We've already passed so many different books and now we get resolution. So they end up burying Joseph's bones, them dusty bones, <laughs> um, in his, his land, jo the, the territory of Joseph. Mm. It just makes it so like, everything God does is so like Romantic. complete. Yeah. It's like, Symbaya, it's like, what's the word I'm looking for? If you know what it is, yeah. comment it below. But it like ties everything together because that's what God is. God is this ever flowing poetic, like for every one of this, there's one of that. Mm -hmm. Duality, like full circle. Anywho, that, that for me was perfect because it like gave me the, just the, 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 the resolution I, I needed for that one. Because I almost forgot about it. All this drama. Mm -hmm. You know? Question. Yeah. Would you say that... Joshua performed better at his role than Moses did? Perita. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, to answer that, I would say there's no way to, there's no, you can't say yes and you can't say no 
because Moses's role was so much more involved and mm. God required more from Moses than he did of Joshua. Okay. And you have to understand that Joshua got a changed people. Of course, these people were to fall later. We haven't discussed this yet. You have to stay tuned for t- um, tomorrow, next week's episode. <laughs> but Moses had these people as savages, like straight up slaves from Egypt. Towed up. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. his job was something else. Tougher. It was way more tough. Yeah. It's like, it, yeah, like I, I can't, I can't, I can't answer that. And also we've got Moses who was a prophet. He was a prophet who was also in charge, uh, in charge of writing the five first books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Joshua didn't have to do that, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he just wrote his book, so you can't even you can't even compare. But he was he was crucial. He was integral, and he learned from Moses's mishaps, mm-hmm. and was really quick to. And that's another thing. Um, one, what can say that Joshua had more confidence than Moses? There were a lot of qualities that Joshua had that Moses did not. Mm. And I think it was intentional. He needed a warrior. Joshua was a warrior. He was a captain, a general. Mm. A general. He he handled things in ways that it took, Mo- Moses needed to hire them. You know how rich people need to hire people to do things? <laughs> jo- Joseph knew what to do. Um, you could Joseph, um, Joshua. Joshua knew what to do. You know, so mm. I can't answer that. You know, jo- Moses, you know how I feel about Moses. Moses is my, like, like obviously Jesus is my number one, but Moses is a close number two. So I can't even, and Joshua is not number three, but it's a dope book, you know? Cool. And you know, my whole Rahab, my home mm-hmm. dog, my girl, she's in this book too. And I love that story. You guys mm-hmm. know, if you guys didn't listen, watch last week's episode, get my views up. Catch Tell up. your friends, <laughs> tell your family. <laughs> All right, guys, that about does it for this episode. Uh, but before we dive into the moral of the story, Listen, the next episode of Bible Stories is going to be another book. It's going to be the book of Judges, which is, honestly, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Like since Exodus, I haven't been this excited for like a book. Mm -hmm. But the book of Judges is one of the most disturbing uh, uh, books in the Bible. So before next week, if you guys could, and if you guys have a couple minutes to spare, go on YouTube and watch the Bible projects video on judges, just so you guys have a, a rough understanding of what that whole book is going to be about. Because I, I can I be honest with you? I don't know how I'm going to break it up. Like I may break it up in four episodes. I may break it up in three. I'm not too sure. It just depends on like what we're able to squeeze in, but it, you don't want to miss. You do not want to miss next week's episode. It's, dense. it's no, it's not even oh. that it's dense. It's, it's, um, it's very descriptive Ooh. and the people fall. And it's very descriptive on the people who fall. Mm. Um, if I'm going to give you guys a brief little synopsis on, on judges, the judges are not like judges. Like we know today, mm-hmm. the judges are, like generals, people that were to, they didn't have kings. This is before they had kings. Mm-hmm. You have to understand this. We're still in the beginnings, right? So before kings, there were judges, judges who were to keep people on the straight path, um, rectify wrongs, etc., uh, etc. Et mm-hmm. It just so happens that a lot of these judges Are corrupt were corrupt. <gasps> yeah. Just stay tuned for next week. (laughs) 
And now, it's time for the moral of the story. Moral of the story is, there is no dream or goal that is too big for God. God is not like us. God is eternally limitless. Anything is possible through unrelenting faith and trust in God. You know, when Joshua was battling the Amorites, one of the most grueling battles he endured, he prayed to the Lord for the sun to stand still, and God granted it. Joshua could have prayed for an easier battle, a bigger win, but instead he just asked for more sunlight. You know, like I was saying before, God split the Red Sea. He's done so many different miracles in the past, but making the sun stand still, that is, that is on another level of power. You know, and even on a philosophical level, can you understand the fullness of that idea? That God looks at our desires and chuckles because he can give you that and then some. And you know, hey, maybe what God grants you isn't the equivalent of the sun standing still. Maybe the blessing is small. Maybe it's quiet. But we got to trust him in the silence too. Hey, Father. Yeah, I don't know. I think about, well, I'm a little tipsy. I gotta get, uh, I gotta go back to therapy, guys. (laughs) Anyways, he loves you. Catch you next week for judges, yeah? Anyways, yeah. I I don't have a problem, I swear. I just, I've been going through a lot this week, you know? 